Moto One Podcast Network. Hi, this is Ja Rule, and I love creative writing, baby. Can we just go like straight to pants shitting? I don't care if you're one percenter or a ninety-nine percenter. Y'all can kiss a hundred percent of my ass. Two strokes are for white fucking trash. Jumpy, you're awful. Human son. Let's go! You're listening to a show hosted by an idiot and a sarcastic robot. That's me. It features the opinions of that idiot and the opinions of guest motorcyclists from a large demographic with a varying array of skills, talent, and knowledge. Any of the words that you hear on this podcast may therefore be very idiotic, unlawful, and incorrect, or perhaps genius and insightful. Either way, they do not reflect the opinions or well-thought-out and completely fair policies of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast or any of the podcasts under the Moto One Podcast Network umbrella. Enjoy the show, Fart Tooth. Hey, 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 it is junk, junkie, junkster, junkmeister, junkman. Whatever you want to call me, as long as junk is part of it. Let me turn myself up a little bit here so I can hear, my, hear myself. Tobor is, um, he's here. He's staring at me, but uh, he's not going to be on mic today. We have a wonderful show for you today. This is uh, episode 290. Uh, officially not 290. I mean, we have over 300 episodes. However, some of them are junk piles. Some of them are spooky spokes, uh, salsa slams, so on and so forth. So, uh, but officially, uh, official, unofficial episode 290. So in 10 episodes, you could treat yourself to uh, number 300. Maybe we'll make a special uh, show for that. Uh, highly unlikely. However, uh, welcome everybody to another fabulous week. Uh, starting off this week, I got to say that we're going to be talking a little bit today about uh, Nokomoto's 200th show, just a, just a tad bit. We got a bunch of events, and this may be a short show. If this is the same, uh, if it's the same intro that it's been for the last couple episodes, it's because I didn't record a new one yet. So I know that I this show, uh, if if it's the same intro as it was last episode, you know I just recorded this real quick and booted out of here. Uh, junk has been. Uh, between work and uh, being on the road for stuff, I have just not been home very much and had, do not have very much spare time. And we'll talk about that in a little bit at the end of the show. Right now, let's get into some special events that are coming up. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on today, so I won't mention it, but I did want to say happy Valentine's Day. That's going to be coming up here in a few days, and probably by the time you're listening to this, it will be Valentine's Day. Also, uh, Ed... Ilbaifa? I don't know. I don't know the name of these holidays, but I think Holy and and there's another um, there's another uh, uh, Muslim holiday coming up here. Also, it's uh, Black History Month. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I think Groundhog Day was uh, you know just a couple weeks ago. So whatever you celebrate, mostly those of you that celebrate Groundhog Day, uh, I hope you have had a great one. I hope you're having a good one, and. I'm pumped. Uh, the The snow is coming off the mountains. Uh, we still have up where Julian Sands got lost. He's an actor from this movie Warlock and Boxing Helena. You know, a few decades ago, he <laughs> went up into the mountains up here at, at Mount Baldy. You heard me talk about it probably last episode, and um, 
the snow is just now coming off those. It's receding up the hill. It's been 70 during the day and only like 40 something at night. So we've got frost on the ground a few times. So I know it's got at least around freezing down here at ground level, which means it's probably real cold up at the top. However, I know it's it's been warming up uh, significantly during the day and the snow is receding up there. So we're that means for the rest of the country... <laughs> Although I know there is like a huge storm system that just moved in recently, uh, especially to our buddies in Texas there. Uh, it's going to be spring soon and everyone's going to be riding. So I'm stoked for that and I'm stoked for you. Uh, I did want to say too, before we get too far into that, uh, condolences to the people in Turkey. Um, the huge earthquake that hit over there. Being from SoCal, I can kind of commiserate with you and... Uh, and lots of lots of damage over there. So I hope I hope everything's doing good. That was in Syria and Turkey region. Uh, former Ottoman Empire I used to live over there back when Dracula was uh, ruled most of that area. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's going on. Uh, and there is uh, I'll talk about it later. There's been some weather related stuff happening around here. Let's get into what's coming up. Aside from this weekend, stuff that's already happening this weekend. I'm not going to talk about, uh, but. Uh, January 29th, which I believe is going to be next two weekends from now. So next weekend, I think will be like the 18th, 19th. So January, no, we're in February. What am I talking about? January 29th already happened. <laughs> let's not talk about what happened in January 29th. Uh, let's talk about what's going to be happening February 15th through 17th. So February 15th through 17th, AIM Expo is happening in Las Vegas. I've been getting nothing but crazy press releases. I'm sorry I'm going to miss it this year. However, I do have somebody going. They are going to, I've instructed them on what to uh, gather, what information to gather. And at first it didn't sound like there was going to be much going on, but the, the closer it gets, the more and more they are going to be having some pretty cool product releases and industry industry type uh, announcements and updates on the industry, which is really good. We we kind of need this right now. We're 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 at the uh, we're at this border uh, in the sand, as they call it. They don't call it line in the sand anymore, especially in in Southern California. They call it the border in the sand. And right now we're on the fence, so to speak, which could also be a border. And uh, we're on the bleeding edge. I don't know. There's a thousand different ways to say it, but we're right now at the crux of, which is another way to say it, the battery revolution, right? So uh, whether you like it or not, if, and if you listen to Front End Chatter at all, which is a magnificent podcast, Britain's best podcast, and actually uh, compared to some of the podcasts here in the States, also one of the state's best podcasts probably, um, they did a really good episode last week or last episode, whatever their whatever their episode release date was, on uh, the electric electrification of motorsports and uh, whether you know the the things that are coming down the pipelines, whether or not you like it. Most of the parent companies, even if you think of Ducati and a lot of the uh, the Chinese stuff that's uh, that's come out. Um, it's uh, these parent companies are also are, are the ones driving the electrification. So it's trickling down into motorcycles. You know, Ducati is pretty much still owned by uh, Volkswagen Audi Group, I believe, and of course Honda and Kawasaki Heavy Industries, Suzuki. Those those, those brands are also um, you know basically uh, owned by a much larger corporation that does a lot of cars. And so that that was a good episode. So right now we're at the bleeding edge. I'd love to see what they say at AIM about. The future, the next 10 years, the next 20 years of motorcycling and where it's going to go. Whether or not we like it, uh, I'm just curious. Um, so yeah, uh, 
uh, just really, I'm excited. Hopefully my, my drone, and I'm not sending Tobor because I know he'd mess it up. So I'm sending a human over there and hopefully he does a better job than Tobor would. But yeah, excited to see what comes out of that. February 17th, Flat Out Friday is happening at Pfizer Forum in MKE, which doesn't stand for anything that you think it does. It stands for Milwaukee. And if you thought it stood for Milwaukee, good for you. February 15th, I'm sorry, 18th and 19th, which is the uh, Saturday and Sunday, Mama Tried is happening at the Eagles Ballroom in Milwaukee, U.S. fucking A. That's what my notes actually say. Um, and I'll read whatever's on the teleprompter. February 26th, the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet is happening at Long Beach Veterans Stadium down in Long Beach. And uh, the weather's going to be beautiful. Uh, we got a little a little bit of an overcast day coming in. We've got some rain predicted for the next couple of days. Um, but uh, February 26th is going to be beautiful. Probably be in the 80s like it has been the rest of this whole week. Um, March 3rd through 16th, Daytona Bike Week is happening in Florida. I don't know, 3 through 16 is much more than a week. However, they call it Daytona Bike Week because Daytona Bike Fortnite just doesn't sound great. Uh, the 9th through 11th, there's going to be AFT Short Track 1 and 2, the Daytona 200, and the King of the Baggers. And I believe the King of the Baggers has an extended... Uh, they went from th- a handful of races into a full uh, a full season this year. I think they're racing just as many rounds or, or nearly as many as the regular AMA uh, sport bike series here in the States. So that's pretty exciting. I think it's gone up to like a 12-round series or something like that. Much more, I believe, than the XR1200 series had uh, back in the day when, when Harley had that going. Um, so yeah, March 26th, again, the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet happening at Long Beach Veterans Stadium. Monthly meet, it's great. The only other thing that happens monthly uh, around here is the Vintage OC Bike. They have a great little meeting down in uh, Huntington Beach, down at Castaneda's Mexican Food. And then there are some third Sunday rides that happen here and there uh, around the city. I know Venice Vintage still puts on there. Uh, monthly rides that I don't I don't think that Eastside Moto Babes are even around, but you can probably find any number of motorcycle club that puts on a monthly ride around uh, around the city. So that will be pretty fun. And if you're in other states where you have this same sort of uh, monthly ride going on, let me know. I'd love to hear about it and promote it a little bit and uh, talk talk get people interested in your part of the world. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to round out uh, March and heading into April. Uh, before we get into April, I do want to I do want to highlight some of the other stuff that's actually going to be happening um, in March for uh, around the 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 states. And I don't know about globally, so you'll have to help me with that. But um, the end of February next weekend is uh, the 17th through the 19th. Thunder by the Bay Music and Motorcycle Festival is happening in Sarasota, Florida, and it is a pretty uh, from what it looks like, it's going to be a pretty big motorcycle rally. Um, and also the, uh, you know, obviously Daytona bike week's happening the first, first, uh, uh, God, the first week of March, that's hard for me to say, but also, uh, the SoCal AMCA, which I'm not even sure who that is. They're having a 2023 Borrego spring winter road run. Uh, so that's going to be going down, uh, the third through the fifth in Borrego Springs, California. Um, Babe's Ride Out is also happening pretty soon, and I'm not 100% sure when, but I saw it uh, on the calendar. I just didn't get the date for it, so my apologies for that. Um, if you are in Livingston, Texas, March 3rd, uh, I'm sorry, March 4th and 5th, the Indian Motorcycle Rally is going to be happening down there, and also on the 4th uh, in Deland, Florida, the Deland Bike Rally is happening. 
And if you are in Missouri now, you might have heard us last year say that the Gold Ring uh, Road Rider Association uh, disbanded last year. They decided to close operations. They're no longer doing the wingdings and all this stuff. That doesn't mean that the individual state chapters or regional chapters have totally given up because it looks like, unless this is... Uh, this was just updated three months ago, so this must still be happening. Uh, March 10th and 11th in Osage Beach, Missouri, the Missouri Goldwing Road Riders Association Spring Fling is happening. So it looks like despite the national organization going down, the regional ones are still trying to keep the Goldwing love going. Uh, March 16th through 19th in Depew, Oklahoma, we got the Route 66 Spring Fever Rally. So let's do, let's go. It's going to be hopefully nice weather there in Depew. And uh, also, uh, speaking of Gold Wings, March 16th through 18th in uh, Altamonte, Florida, or Altamonte Springs. Hopefully it's Altamont Springs, Florida, is the Florida Gathering of the Wings. And I believe that is also a Gold Wing rally. If you're going to be in new, I believe it's new Summerfield, Texas, there's a Long Rider Spring Thaw happening uh, March 17th through 19th. And like I said, new Summerfield, Texas, uh, hopefully hopefully Texas is uh, warm by then. I'm sure it will be. And March 23rd through 26th, Thunder in the Hill Country is happening in Bandera, Texas. Um the Stagecoach Rally is happening in Julian, California, uh, March 24th through 26th, and that is the classic motorcycle rally. That ought to be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> in Clearwater, Florida, on March 25th, the Great American Redneck Biker Bash is happening. And also, March 29th through April 2nd uh, in Scottsdale, or Scottsdale, if you uh, like to say it like I do, Arizona Bike Week 2023 is happening. That coincides. There's a Rev It Up rally happening in uh, Scottsdale that same week. I think it's part of that same uh, Arizona Bike Week. Uh, the Boogie Bottoms Bike Rally is happening in Cleveland, Alabama, March 30th through April 2nd. And the all-female ride in Jackson, Florida is also happening uh, March 30th. Uh, to April 1st, and Slingshots in the Keys is happening in Miami that same weekend, and I wonder if Portia Taylor is going to be down there with her uh, slingshot. I wonder if she's still rocking that thing around. Now we're getting into April, and we'll probably save that for a little bit later, but there is, uh, let me get back to my notes here, there is a a big, big event happening in April. April 1st, the Biltwell 100 is happening out near Ridgecrest, California. I think the entries are probably filled up by that the first few days that was open for registration. If you want to spectate, go to Biltwell.com and check it out. It's the Biltwell 100. It's it's like, uh, looks, looks like so much fun. So uh, that ought to be pretty cool to go to. April 15th, Classic Track Day is happening out at Big Willow at Willow Springs Raceway. And that's the same weekend as the Willow Springs Grand Prix Classic Motorcycle Festival. Guess where? Yep, that's at the big track at Big Willow out there in Rosemond. Beautiful. There's camping. There's I think there's going to be bands, there's going to be food, uh, and of course, a bunch of vintage and classic motorcycles out there racing and racing on the fastest track in the West, one of the very first road races courses in America, actually, uh, that was purpose-built out here to test on. Carol Shelby, it's got a rich history. We ought to do a history uh 
podcast about that one. Um, April 23rd is the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet, again, happening at Long Beach. It's always the last Sunday of every month. And uh, May 6th, not to get too far out in the weeds, but May 6th is the Californian put on by our good friend Brady Walker, the sweet talker, who's all, who's also responsible for the classic track days and the uh, Willow Springs Classic uh, or the Grand Prix Classic Motorcycle Festival. Um that's happening at Santa Anita Park here in Arcadia, which is real close to me, and the Hanford Cycle Show and Swap, which is Kings County Fairgrounds, happening up in Central California. That is uh, the news events. Tobor's not here to play us out with some sweet music. Maybe I'll insert some in here. Uh, maybe I won't. Actually, let's take a little quick break. Why don't we do that? And we'll come back with some uh, exciting news or non-news. Mm, what's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies available only at Hetty's on 4th Street. For over 131 years and several months, Clodman's has been supplying quality pickles to motorcyclists the world over. Legendary icons such as Sylvester Roper, Oscar Hedstrom, William Harley, Betsy Stringfield, Frank Willoughby Cotton, Evil Knievel, Nikki Hayden, and Sachiro Honda have all quenched their desires for a thick, juicy pickle sliding across their greasy, willing lips with none other than a fine specimen from Clopman's. Join the Hall of Fame, win your first race, impress the judges, put a Clopman's in your mouth, and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clobmans, not for dreamers, for doers. Clobmans, the only pickle for motorcyclists. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. And creative writing. Sorry, everybody. Junkies eating that. Uh, uh, mm. Eating a delicious acai bowl. You like that sound in your ear? All right. Well, everybody, it's time for some news. Not just any news. I need to make a stinger for this. Something like... Non-noteworthy news. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, segments of the show because there's a bunch of crap that happens in the motorcycle world every damn day. And half of it ain't worth listening to. Hang on. I got to pause and just take another bite of this. I'm not, I'm not going to trouble you with the mouth noise. I'm just going to take a delicious bite of this and then get back to you in one second. Oh, God. Dead ass. No crap. That acai bowl is busting. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're back with some news. Let's get into this stuff. Uh, like I said, I think I said, this, this uh, acai bowl blew my mind, so I can't remember what I just said two seconds ago. But every day there's stuff that happens in the motorcycle world. Most of it's not, not newsworthy, but as we know, 
in the last few years, we used to bag on this stuff, and now we're like, hey, stuff happens all the time, and we love to make fun of it. But the motorcycle industry loves to make a big deal out of it. So I have five unnewsworthy headlines that we're going to talk about real quick. Number five, this comes to us from Power Sports Business. Uh, The AMA fights an unconstitutional bill, is the headline. AMA fights against Connecticut's uh, SB 96, which is a bill that would presuppose that any rider over the age of 18 who dies in a motorcycle crash would automatically be an organ donor or an ogre donor if they weren't wearing a helmet. Hey, and people call California crazy, right? This is Connecticut. I think this is the uh, don't tread on me state. The AMA contacted the office of Senator Looney, I think his name, we'll get to that in a second, and demanded that he, quote, withdraw the offensive bill and make amends with the motorcycling community, end quote. So, you know, the AMA wants this Connecticut Senator Mike Looney to apologize to an entire community who the majority are not in his state. I don't think Connecticut has that big of a uh, motorcycle uh, contingent. And I was actually going to look at uh, the MIC to see how many registrations are in Connecticut, but I don't think it's a huge amount. So the AMA demanded this of him, uh, that he make amends to the motorcycling community. Probably half of them didn't, like the majority didn't even know. I didn't know this was going on. Until I saw this article. So nice way to ra- uh, raise a red flag. And I guess there's some times where you don't want to make a big stink about something because you don't want to notice people uh, seeing what you're doing, right? But there's another time where it's like, hey, there's something tiny and you want to raise all these flags and get all these people interested in it because it's like, hey, this could actually turn into something. We need to stop it now. I think that's what this uh, article was getting at. And Power Sports Business has no dog in this fight. They are really all sorts of things from from side-by-sides to, uh, you know, watercraft and everything in between, including motorcycles. And I really don't think that they, uh, you know, they're just reporting on what they saw. So this is a an interesting, um, interesting take. Uh, you know, let me see here. The majority, uh, so here, here's the deal. The law is not really above board, according to the article, due to the fact that the universal... Anatomical Gift Act or the UAGA or UAGA, if you like saying stuff like that. Um, that act has been ratified in every state of the union and it requires organ donation to exist on a voluntary donorship basis. So already the state has ratified something. I think they just wrote this bill. You don't always have to have, just like a lawsuit, I don't think you always have to have the, fa- <coughs> the fa- facts or the intention to do something to in order to say, hey, let's discuss it. But you do have to make it you know, you, you have to bring it up like this and, and say, hey, let's make let's make this a thing. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and I don't know if this bill is going to pass. I have no idea, but I, I don't think I don't think it will pass on a legal basis because I think state attorneys and the the general public, general motorcycling public, I'm gonna, <coughs> I'm gonna die. that aside was awesome, but now it's killing me. Hang on one sec. Hello, everyone. Junkie has died. Choking on a piece of granola. <laughs> he is an o- organ donor, so his organs will go to a good use. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right, everybody, it's Junkie. I'm back. Uh, yeah, I was choking on a piece of granola. That sucked. Um, not only did this uh, this acai bowl blow my mind, then it almost killed me. Uh, anyways, so I think I was getting at the fact that the... Uh, uh, the, the bill isn't really legal 
it won't be legal because they've ratified this act. The organ donorship can't be done on a uh, mandatory basis. Um, it has to be a voluntary basis according to this, uh, the gift act and the AMA government relations teams, they just seem to like pointing and yelling at a lot of people who don't give a fuck. Uh, pardon my French. That wasn't actually French. That was English. Um, just like the time they told the gas industry to stop selling E10 or at least label it better. Guess what? The petroleum industry was like the AM who? The AM what? Yeah. So last year they made a big stink and were like, we are fully against, you know, E10 and E15 blends. E15 being illegal in all these uh, uh, small engines and lawnmowers and blah, 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 blah. And the Petroleum Institute was like, hey, listen, and the, the federal government was like, listen, we are going to propose a, a, a year-round E15 blend. They used to only do it in the summertime because gas demand was so high when people are on vacation and driving and this and that, that there was no way to supply enough fuel without having this blend and make it uh, work in the heat or whatever. I don't know what the hell was the E15 whole thing. But now it's like they need to supplement our petroleum with E15 to, to thin it out, basically, and make it last longer and not prices spike up during the, the summer. And the only way to, to, to do that is to add E15, apparently. I'm not a gas expert, but, I mean, that's the reasoning behind it. And the AMA was against it. And they, they told it, uh, the petroleum industry right off and pointed their finger and shook it at them. But however, who do you think has more leverage, the AMA or the fucking petroleum industry? Here's what I think. The U.S. not only didn't listen, but they doubled down on E15 production year-round to keep the prices low. And I do like cheap gas, and I do have a newer motorcycle, and I run that shit in my older motorcycles with no problem so far. I mean, we'll see when all my gaskets fall apart. But how about the AMA do this? How about they tell motorcycle manufacturers to make shit that runs on E85 or E15 instead of trying to push around a huge... uh, lobby like the Petroleum Institute. I mean, if you don't know anything about the states, you don't know how big of a, I mean, go back and go back in history and read about uh, Rockefeller and how standard oil and trains and even like <laughs> barrel manufacturers, how Rockefeller and, and how towns, I think in Pennsylvania, uh, were put on martial law by this motherfucker. Like he ran the country. The country was built on oil, was built. Rockefeller's fortune was built on oil and and the fact that he had a monopoly and eventually standard oil got broken up. But this guy was like killing people, killing whole towns of people, destroying people's lives and livelihoods in the name of making a, making money. And if you think that that has stopped in the modern era, uh, you're wrong. It's just been digitized. So the, the petroleum, the petroleum uh, industry is still a huge, huge lobby, and they don't give a crap about your stupid engine. Make an engine that runs on their shit. I just mentioned last year that Honda in, uh, I think it was Honda India was making a little 125 that runs on E85. Fuck, Brazil has been running their shit on cane sugar alcohol. 
Uh, and that's the whole reason they keep burning down the rainforest is to plant more more sugarcane fields is they're running their shit on ethanol since like the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Or like the 90s, some shit like that. They've been running on super high alcohol burning fuel. So it's not that you can't make motors. It's just that people don't want to change and do the retooling and this and that. So the AMA, instead of telling the uh, uh, petroleum industry how to do it, and since gas prices are just going to get higher and higher and higher, the, the more scarce uh, petroleum gets and, and uh, the more expensive it gets to mine it, and, or not mine it, but, you know, drill for it and, and process it. And eventually people are going to start making synthetic gas and that shit's going to cost a bajillion dollars. Why not just make shit that runs, make motors that run on E85, you know, make make our motors better. We did it in the in the 70s. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyways, uh, you, the U- USA can't figure this shit out. I'm appalled. So that's uh, that's my take. That's a, is not no, no, not newsworthy, but there you go. There you have it. And that's my two cents on it. Number four. This one pisses me off just as much. Liza ruins fun this week. If you go back to the Motorcycles and Misfits episode 508, bro, what the fuck is Liza doing narking out all the tooligans in New York? And by tooligans, I mean two-wheeled hooligans, eh? Bikers have enough problems in New York without a fucking California dropping a dime on them. So bikers, whether you're a motorcyclist or an e-bike or a scooterist, just you guys are constantly getting your bikes ran over uh, by steamrollers and shit like that, and they confiscate bikes instead of reselling them or parting them out or doing anything useful with them. They crush them and throw them, throw all that scrap metal in a fucking landfill or bury. I don't know what they do, but they're ridiculous. They're fucking stupid. Um, and I remember you may know this guy named Casey Neistat. He's a, he was a really uh, famous YouTuber. Um, a while back, he like. Uh, had a, one of the first Super 73s in New York, and it wasn't legal. New York has doubled down where I'm going to do a, hist- a little history episode on California, but a lot of people think California is like this crazy liberal. Well, we are liberal in the fact that we have liberties here, but, oh, it's like a communist, you know, uh, Libby state, you know, libtard. I'll tell you what, sounds like New York is that to me because E-bikes weren't even legal there just a few years ago. So don't start ratting out people for going fast. And I'm really close to taking the bait on an electric motorcycle that looks like a motorcycle after watching us. There's this guy named Sir Ron, Sir Ronster on YouTube riding around LA. Fucking phenomenal. And the cops don't mind. So let's keep it that way, you fucktards. Like, thanks, Liza, for bringing up this whole thing about... People, oh, people having fun and people riding two wheels. Go to it. Go to it. <laughs> She's like, oh, these scooters are flying down the street and like people on e-bikes just whiz. I can see how it could be a problem. You know what's a problem is you, the fun police coming in and, and saying that that's a problem. <laughs> you go to any motorcycle group ride. How many people are going super slow and how many people are going fast and are splitting in between each other and some people are wheeling? Like... Should we call? Should we call the cops on that? Should we call the cops on ourselves for having? Hey, I I ride. I was riding my motorcycle and I saw these other motorcyclists having more fun than me. So this two wheel hate has to. I think she's transferring her hate of Harley's to two wheeled vehicles. Period. And here's my deal. Sir Ronster rides a Suron around, which is technically not a bicycle because there's no pedals on it. But is it technically a motorcycle because it doesn't go past a certain speed? However, you can jailbreak it and go faster than some scooters. Uh, and pedal, he did a whole video on this 
electric bike in LA where it's technically illegal if you look at the laws, but when the cops look at it, they're like, hey, that's a bicycle, stay in the bike lane and off the sidewalks and you're good. California is pretty free. If there's not a specific law against it here, you can do it. Hence lane splitting, right? And a lot of people think that we're like some crazy state, but there, here's, here's the deal with California. If there's not a law against it, like I just said, it's legal. And in some states, in a lot, and I don't know how many, if, if there's no law, it's illegal, there needs to be a law that say you can do this. So quite the opposite is true of, I think, what, what uh, California, what people think of California. And when I look at New York, I see the struggles that they're having. And if they're not hassling anybody or hurting anybody, and if you hurt yourself because you ride a motorcycle... Every motorcyclist will tell you, I knew that was the risk that I was taking. So I think, Liza, you need to look at these guys and say, yes, we're riding fucking scooters around without helmets, just like people ride CB750s through Chicago with no helmets. We know what we're doing. And don't, you know, the courier industry uh, relying on motors. There was this whole movie called Quicksilver back in the, like, 80s, I think, that starred Kevin Bacon, I think, if I remember correctly, who rode his bicycle through the streets of New York. Bicycle couriers are a huge thing there. So don't deny people their takeout. Don't deny people their packages and parcels. And don't deny people their fun just because you don't like to see two-wheeled hooliganism uh, not, you know, in a way, that, I don't know, in a way that you don't think it's appropriate or whatever. I don't know. People probably don't think you riding motorcycles naked in Santa Cruz is appropriate. So, sorry, that, that, that one really hurt because it was coming from a two-wheel enthusiast, I thought. Uh, number three, again, going back to Power Sports bi- <coughs> Business, um, Power Sports Business reports that VP Racing Fuels Incorporated is rebranding and swapping the logo to get this, VP Racing. <laughs> so they're going from VP Racing Fuels to VP Racing, and this reflects VP's expansion into other markets over the last few years, including oil for passenger vehicles. I think they had oil and fuels for diesel vehicles or diesel contamination, something like that. Uh, hand sanitizers, appearance products, which means any amount of detailing stuff, uh, fuel containers, uh, automobile coolants, so on and so forth, etc. The list goes on and on. I'm not going to tell you every product they make, but... Now you won't be confused when you're buying the world's fastest hand sanitizer since it will just say VP Racing and it won't have fuel anywhere on it. Although I'm going to guess VP hand sanitizer may be equal parts of their racing fuel, their automobile oils, and some of their appearance products all mixed together. Get your hands nice and nice and clean. So we'll have to see uh, when we read the ingredients on the bottle. But yeah, VP Racing Fuels is now just VP Racing. Get some get some racing fast uh a tired scrub and detailer. So um, we're getting down the list here. Uh, article number two, uh, well, number two on our countdown. Uh, from Visor Down, there's a driver who rammed a motorcyclist gets jailed for eight years. Uh, so Andrew Saunders of No Fixed Abode UK, which I've never heard of that town, uh, got eight years for ramming a motorcyclist in his BMW back in 2022. I think it was in March or May or something like that. One of those months with an eminent, probably Momember or Memember. Um, the rider uh, suffered friction burns and the passenger who was a teenager suffered a broken ankle, dislocated shoulder, and significant friction burns. So uh, this is a bit of a bummer, but here's why it's not news. First off, 
when I was a teenager, my girlfriend was off limits sexually. So I feel like I had two years constantly of significant friction burns. Okay. And also I feel like as a teen, I had several severe mishaps and apparently I was made of rubber because I never broke a bone. I mean, I got knocked out a few times and was covered in scabs my whole life and not from, um, scabies just from falling down and, and, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't not eat shit and we didn't have helmets and shit back then. Uh, they didn't allow it. Uh, and I couldn't ride around with the mammoth skull on my head. So they were just too big. So I fell and ate shit a lot and I never broke shit. And I, I got, I couldn't tell you how many times I, during the summertime, riding around on my BMX in SoCal, ate shit and uh, just skid for 20 feet on the hot asphalt and just had road rash. You know, I was, I, I basically, I had a road rash shirt when I was, uh, from the age of 10 to about 15. Um, so I don't know the severe burns, uh, and, and the dislocated shoulder, it must've been a hard hit. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not trying to make light of the, the, well, I am trying to make light of the injuries by making fun of them, but I do, it is a serious thing, right? So here's, here's the caveat number two though, as every motorcyclist knows, uh, you should always avoid all BMWs at all times, right? In the first place, they never should have been near this guy. BMW drivers are notorious pricks, even if you're in a car, uh, and they're slowly being taken over by a Nissan Altima, but, uh, BMW for sure. Anytime you see a BMW, especially here in SoCal, you can be, be positive, hundred percent positive. It's a prick and they're going to try and weave in and out of traffic and, um, do whatever they like because BMW in the owner's manual page one, it says you own the, the road. So finally, while this story isn't great and I'm glad the dude did get eight years and I'm glad that there, there was no fatalities. We all know that motorcyclists crash into more shit on their own accord. And that includes rear ending cars on the freeway or on surface streets, low siding into the front bumpers of oncoming traffic and ramming into random shit uh, or falling over doing a wheelie. Sometimes you're surfing your cafe racer and you fall off or you're, or you're a sportster and you fall off and it goes cartwheeling into the ditch. Motorcyclists, even crashing into each other, are much more of a threat than uh, cars. So the fact that this BMW went out of his way to ram these guys doesn't even phase me one bit. That's why it's not newsworthy. And uh, I guess it's just a, it should be more of an alert. Hey, motorcyclist failed to heed rule of the road number three, Avoid all BMW drivers at all times. And number one on our countdown list, Cycle News, coming to us uh, with some more uh, industry information. Tucker Power Sports. Tucker secures funding for long-range projects. And that doesn't mean projects that go really far. That means in the next few years, they're going to be coming up with some... mm, Alternative projects. According to a press release from Tucker Power Sports, one of the leaders in the Power Sports aftermarket, by the way, with huge market share, tons of vestigial brick and mortar retailers. I think they have like 8,000 brick and mortar stores and locations. They announced that they received additional funding, and I don't know where, I didn't read, didn't write that part in the notes, but to continue its electric Power Sports segment. So they recently became a leader in electric mobility. And why is this not news? Probably because you, just like the oil industry who I mentioned earlier, could care less about the electrification of motorcycles and power sports. F that shit, right? But despite the turning tides, you will never care about the electrical mobility market until the day you are too old to ride and you need a hopped up rascal or electric Honda gyro canopy to get around, you know what I'm saying? And then you'll be thankful that there's electric power sports that have been doing this shit for decades. So Tucker sees the writing on the wall 
They have a future plan, unlike you, who will resist the coming changes like a cat resists being squirted with a water hose. And by the time you are interested in electric mobility and going electric, thank God the industry around you has started this journey. When did Harley make the live wire? When did Zeros become a company? 2007. Thank God the industry around you has been doing this for a little over at least a decade. So, uh, yeah, that's news that you uh, should definitely not care about. Now, let's get into news that you should care about. And I'm going to try and blow through this because Junkie has shit to do and places to be today. It's going to be a fast show. Uh, Here's something that you should care about. Uh, Road racing in Ireland is suspended due to insurance costs. All of the road racing shit. Yeah, I know it killed Joey Dunlop and and half his family. Um, So is it a good thing? I don't know, but that is part of the reason why it is suspended. Insurance costs. And according to an Irish motorcycling resource, Brexit really had a large part to play in the whole debacle by negatively affecting the trade and contract agreements between the two countries, uh, England and uh, and Northern Ireland. And the organizers of the Northwest, too, apparently... um, I read the article. I didn't write any of it into the notes, but there was some sort of contract agreement that due to Brexit uh, was kind of like negated or not, not, um, you know, since it's not part of the trade union anymore, it really had to be re-termed. And when it got re-termed, those terms were really high. The premiums were really high and there's there wasn't a way to work around it uh, contractually because now they're not part of a trade union anymore. They didn't need to... Uh, you know, offer the same, uh, same rates and this and that, and it would be a huge liability and risk on the insurance providers half. So the organizers of the Northwest 200, they're trying desperately to make sure that the event is not suspended indefinitely, uh, going into next year and this and that, uh, as the Northwest 200 is the biggest outdoor event in the country. And like the TT that happens on the Isle of Man, it's a huge income stream for local businesses there in, uh, in Ireland. And, uh, the end of road racing everywhere in the globe means that there's no more real world application of a motorcycle's capabilities. So I know a circuit racing is a simulation of road racing, but it's not true road racing, right? The cost of liability and even, uh, per at purpose built racetracks is something that might go up too now. You know what I'm saying? It's not just a public road racing that might see this. It's, it's, it's also, uh, liability is going to keep going up everywhere. This isn't just a, pr- this is the tip of the spear, I, I believe. Uh, and the cost of liability is something that will eventually see society losing sporting events of all types over the next few generations as humans move toward a zero tolerance for human bodily injury. And uh, you, we see it in the United States in NFL. There was a guy that just got hit so hard in the chest that it uh, stopped his heart. Uh, we see TBIs, which is traumatic brain injuries happening in, in those sports and hockey. Uh, it's common now for face masks and stuff, but in the back of the day, you would just roll around with your, you know, 18 front teeth missing, um, and probably brain injuries too there in hockey. And it was just part of the sport as gear has become more protective. People play harder, which is kind of the, uh, the opposite intent, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the intent is to make it safer, but what ends up happening is people play harder. We can do a whole episode on that. So what happens is the insurance premiums keep going up because it costs more. The cost of living is going up. The cost of healthcare is going up. The cost of treatment is going up. So the insurance premiums go way up when somebody does get injured. And we know that as uh, riders that our sport is dangerous, 
We know things can possibly happen, whether it's property damage or bodily damage, right? You slam into uh, the old goat's head down there, the, the the filthy the filthy goat down on the you know the third corner of the track or whatever, and you f- go into the bar there and kill someone. <laughs> Not only did you damage the business, you know the the rider and a spectator got killed. Whatever it is. There are huge liabilities, right? So I, I get it, but I don't know how the far the pendulum is going to swing to reduce the quality of life. If it's going to reduce the quality of life in order to preserve the quantity of life, sometimes it feels that way. Um, and another quick shout out to the guys at Nokomoto for finally getting the 200th episode out. It was a blast and a shit show at the same time, and I still can't believe they recorded the whole six hours. I still can't believe it took you forever to download Reaper, Pete. Uh, but thank you for doing it and getting it out. I listened last night, and it was a blast. Um, and even when we only plan on recording 30 minutes or 15 minutes of audio, it always takes six hours it takes 92 hours for them to get set up because, you know, they can't be bothered just to set up the audio and test it beforehand. And even I do that, and I still run into trouble sometimes. So they never do. And so inevitably it always takes uh, at least two to three hours to set up. And then we always have a great time doing it, though, so that's fine. We also talked about leaded gas on the MCLU. That was pretty good. I didn't do my best as the state prosecutor on that topic, though. And uh, just to be clear... Lead and any additive that reduces knock or ping is not a performance enhancer. It's just that, an anti-knock agent. It's also not a lubricant, so to speak. They said, you know, lead lubricated the the valves. Um, There are non-liquid lubricants like graphite and um, lithium soap, which is kind of borders solid and liquid uh, line. But lead was not a, doesn't lubricate anything, especially valves. I don't. I actually don't even think valves specifically get lubrication. At least not when I think of it. Now that I think of how how uh, valves work, the oil in the top of your engine would be for the cam and the rocker valve, the rocker to valve um, interface, like on the top of the valves there. Uh, but like the actual valve, like heads and seats, I don't think they get lubrication, or else a ton of sh- smoke would be shooting out of your vehicle like a two-stroke, right? So the reason the older cars had to swap out the valves is because lead did provide a little bit of a chemical cushion between the valves and the super weak-ass seats. So running unleaded gas wouldn't hurt your car, but uh, except for eventually the valves and seats would wear out. Um, and you just replace them with hardened ones. And, and that's all it took. So vehicles produced after, during that phase when um, lead was being phased out of gasoline, all, they, all the only thing that was different was the, the new cars were already made with hardened valves and seats. And old cars, their valves would eventually just wear and you need a little valve job and then just replace them with hardened seats. It was lead actually, being lead in the gas actually, you know, the problem is that it cushioned cushioned your valves, gave your valves a little bit of a, um, a help there. It didn't lubricate them though. So make a long make a long story short because I uh, I'm hearing double audio in my headphones right now. If I sound like a <laughs> reject for a minute, that's why. But anyway, running lead, it actually just um, allowed us to use crappier valves. So hey, we're better for it now. Um, and that was a really fun episode. And uh, since the MCLU defends dumb ideas, I say yes. Let's bring back lead to unleaded engines for high-performance desert rate spikes. It's an awesome idea for no real reason because it doesn't actually boost the performance of gas. As If you listen to our episode called I Did That, you learn that octane is not a... Um, 
performance enhancer. It just, the better octane allows you to run engines with advanced timing. It allows you to tune your engine different is what it lets you do. It's the gas itself, gasoline or petrol does not have any performance boosting. uh, (laughs) Even, even nitrous oxide really just condenses. uh, I think it, I think it introduces more oxygen into the air and lets it burn better. You know, like it's really performance enhancing is, is a, is a, Kind of a weird term, uh, but yeah, it's not. It does not a performance booster lead. It was just an anti knock. So anything, uh, anyways, we let's do it. Let's put lead back into gas for no good reason, uh, except for that they want to run super high compression uh, bikes, and uh, and we're gonna have to go back to soft valves, I guess. Or no, we can we can keep hardened valves. This is not gonna matter. We'll we'll keep hardened valves, so we don't need lead. But we'll just put it back in there. But the ca- my my one thing, my caveat is I only support that measure. If we install asbestos linings into helmets, also since we'll be we'll need heat protection out there in the desert, since we'll be running all year round with leaded gas, right? We're going to need heat protection in the winter and the summer, so we need asbestos linings in our helmets and leaded gas. Let's become dumb and stupid. Uh, all right, let's take a little quick break, and we'll be right back with more creative writing, and we're going to wrap it up super fast. So stick around and don't be dumb, like guys from Nokomoto. Hey, creative writers, RP Enterprises wants to remind you of their latest, greatest invention, the medicated adhesive graphic strip. This medicated bandage strip is emblazoned with bold graphics depicting infected, pus-oozing, disgusting wounds. Whether you have just a minor scratch, a hangnail, or a clean gash, make sure you customize it with the Mags Bandage from RP Enterprises. RP Enterprises only available at fine retail stores near you. Zappers, Zappers, we got them. Whappers, Whappers, we got them. We got everything you need for your off-road adventure this summer at Nathan's Power Sports Village in Durston. Brakes, Brakes, we got those. Tires, we got those. Seatbelts for your motorcycles, we got those. Visit us down at Nathan's Power Sports Village. Looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby, though, if that's what you were thinking. Criders leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource the common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin! Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Criders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Criders Leathers. All right, guys, this is junk. Let's cr- cl- close out this show. 
with uh, a little bit of California creaming. So during the three hours of recording that you didn't hear on the Nokomoto 200th episode, there was a little bit that we recorded toward the end when intoxication was at its highest, but it was a good segment idea. It was about epic rides in each other's states, and it got me thinking about all the fabulous riding here in this state, but also the diversity of most of the Southwest. When they flew me out there to the NOCO studios, I passed over some great... uh, The Great Basin is just an amazing-looking place. So... If you, um, California is also weird because it kind of extends up to the Northwest. If you, uh, Northern California is like Southern Oregon, basically. And so that's the Pacific Northwest and we have the Southwest. So we kind of got two regions in one. Um, and if you, uh, if it's one, it's one of the few, if only states that covers multiple regions. So I was thinking about this and I looked at the state uh, map of the United States for the first time in a hundred years. And I saw how wrong I was about where each state is. But if you cut the USA in half, uh, mm, not up and down, but, uh, you know, east, east to west. So you have this line, uh, starting between Pennsylvania and Virginia on the east coast and run it west between Nebraska and Kansas to like the Lake Tahoe area of California. There's a few states whose tops would cross over that line. And that includes Utah, Colorado, Nevada, just barely, uh, Missouri, the top of Missouri, uh, Illinois or Illinois, uh, Indiana and Ohio. And we're lucky to have a rich and robust riding environment in this state. Uh, and on the next episode, I do plan on detailing uh, epic rides that California has to offer along with the history uh, of the state where each road takes you in the state. So uh, if you live in any one of those other states where I mentioned and you do have like a um, a north and south part of the state that kind of straddles the north and south divide of the country, uh, give me a, a, write something. And if you specifically have something about California, please send it to us, uh, at any one of our contact sources, you know, DM us on Instagram, send a voice message to us at, uh, creative writing, uh, creative writing at gmail.com or slam at creative dash writing. You can, uh, you can send us a, an email there and we'll get it. Um, and speaking of epic riding in California, this week I was invited by Richard, the founder of Janus Motorcycles, to take a ride on the uh, the Halcyon. We'll talk about those. I I, I don't want to get too far into the models because I want to talk with that uh, to that effect with him. Uh, he and his daughter were in town for a press event, and it was sort of last minute. And the great thing was, we were like, "Hey, let's go riding in some of these epic California." Uh, roads that we always hear about. And they were down by the airport, which is the worst part of town to stay. It's just like so crummy and condensed down there. Uh, And you aren't too far from Venice and Santa Monica, which is a freak show. But if you want to ride and get out and do some actual good riding, what's around there? And I said, hey, you're you're not too far from the Peterson. Let's meet at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Great place. And it's it's like three miles from the hills where Mulholland is. Well, we went up to Mulholland And it totally sucked. And you think of like, oh, all these great videos of like, uh, you know, all these sport bike riders just ripping through the hills. And what's happened is recently the, uh, we we actually saw it where we rode. We did ride up uh, Mulholland and part of the hill was shut down uh, because of landslides. And part of the road that we actually rode on 
was just new. There was still dirt across the pavement where they had recently cleared a landslide off the hill. So, I mean, this is nuts how much dirt and, uh, and stuff like that here in SoCal, especially after all the fires went through, how much mud slides through because the vegetation hasn't re- retaken place. But we'll get into that in another episode. We'll have Richard on. Um, I think next month we're planning on doing something together. We'll talk all about the Janus and the Halcyon um, motorcycles that we rode plus all of the other great offerings that they have. Junk's got a bail. Uh, thank you for sticking around with us this far, and I'm sorry to cut it off, uh, and you're going to get last the the old intro. So I got a bail right now. Everybody, peace and grease. Uh, tell your niece to squeeze the geese. Keep your knees in the breeze. Squeeze the tank if you please. And keep the rubber side down, the shiny side up. And uh, we'll talk about some more great California riding uh, in the next episode. Send us your epic rides. If you've ever visited here or you live out here, send us uh, your ride info, creative writing podcast at gmail.com or slam at creative writing.com. Or like I said, DM us on Instagram, Facebook, any, any way you can get a message to us, uh, let us know. And if you want to come on the show, reach out and uh, we'll set up something for you to come on and we'll chat about it. All right, everybody take it easy, get out there and ride and, uh, I don't know, don't eat too many biscuits? I don't know, whatever. Bye!